The following is Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com. This is Nature of Business, and I'm your host, Chrissy Coughlin, and we are speaking with Fritz Morgan. He is the Chief Product Officer at Digital Lumens. So let's talk a little bit about you and your your career trajectory. It's very interesting. And how did you end up, one, at Digital Lumens and in this space in general? Sure. I never, uh, when I graduated from uh, undergraduate school, uh, I was a physics major and never really thought I would go into the field of lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead, what I actually did is I went to Carnegie Mellon University and started to work on a PhD in, uh, in the field of electrical and computer engineering and was focusing on medical robotics and computer assisted surgery applications and uh, decided that uh, I actually didn't want to complete a PhD. I wanted to go out in the real world and see if I could work on the things I wanted to work on without those initials after my name. Mm-hmm. I come from a family of academics and didn't want to teach. Yeah. So I actually went to Mitsubishi Electric and, and worked on uh, computer-assisted surgery applications. So these are devices to train surgeons how to do surgery. Wow. Um, at that same time, after shortly after doing that, uh, the Japanese economy was going through a downturn, and a number of my colleagues from the Robotics Institute at Carnegie Mellon had started up this company called Color Kinetics and asked if I could come and help out. And at the time, I thought, well, you know what? I don't know anything about lighting, but I like working on these tough system problems that have neat technical challenges to solve. So, sure, why not? Mm-hmm. Um, and jumped on board and, and uh, helped uh, really grow Color Kinetics into a, a phenomenal company that we took public in 2004 and then ultimately sold to Philips in 2007. And, and uh, I ran engineering and product development with CTO of that company and, and really had a lot of fun. Um, after Philips acquired us, I became in charge of LED technologies for Philips Worldwide and and uh, really had a lot of enjoyment in sort of setting some research directions and technology directions for uh, Philips. But I also was really missing the entrepreneurial spirit of a small startup and Mm -hmm. uh, really wanted to get out and and feed that entrepreneurial bug. So I went over and and started to help a company called Jewel Unlimited, which is working on uh, using engineered organisms to directly produce uh, diesel and ethanol. Uh, and I ran the engineering department there for a while and and uh, created these reactor systems that uh, are responsible for capturing sunlight and converting that sunlight into something that the organisms can use to produce these fuels and build a whole pilot facility for them. Uh, again, yeah. just because it's a tough systems problem to go off and work and, and uh, really enjoyed that. But it, it, the same sort of thing that happened to me at Color Kinetics happened while I was at Juul, which was that uh, a number of the, the former colleagues at Color Kinetics and also from Carnegie Mellon started up Digital Lumens and asked if I could come and help them uh, figure out how to how to really go after the industrial lighting space. And so uh, that's why I came and joined them. And uh, it's just fun being part of these uh, entrepreneurial companies. So you've been in the right place at the right time. You've also made the right decisions. You've gone with your gut. Which has been yeah, yeah, I think that's I think good. that's a that's a very important thing. Oftentimes, yeah. people are afraid of making a decision, and often I think that's worse than making a bad decision. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you really have to go out, make a decision, try it, uh, learn from it, and 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 this sort of continuous improvement and this iterative process. And and we've used that process many many times over the years in in sort of how you design products, how you push products out to see what works, what doesn't work. And you need to be willing to just say, you know what, I made a mistake, but that's okay. We're going to go off and and, and fix it on the next time we do this. 
Right. No, I love that. I love that. It's sort of how, you know, when you start a radio show, you just kind of do it. (laughs) You just, you don't say, I want to do it. You just, you just kind of do it. And then all of a sudden you're like, wow, okay, I'm doing it. Okay. Yeah. And it worked. (laughs) And it worked. And, uh, and you have to have investors and you have to have management teams that are willing to, to say, you know what? Okay. It's okay to stub your toes sometimes and and to, to make a mistake. And you learn from those mistakes and you, and you just go forward. Right. Absolutely. That's, that's the biggest. And then you have a team that's all there to support you. That's right. That's, a team that that's that's willing to go off and and take these risks and try things. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing I should just mention one other thing about the mm-hmm. teams is is that um, we've been very successful over the years also by finding teams that are that are very multidisciplinary. So so we don't necessarily hire mechanical engineers or electrical engineers or software engineers. We try to hire folks that have these good systems engineering skills that know how to think about when I do something on on this side, how it's going to impact everything else. And Mm. and so it's really important to have these these organizations that can think about how what their action is, how it will impact everything else. Mm -hmm. So tell tell us a little bit more about about your your role and about Digital Lumens. Sure. So I uh, am responsible for figuring out what sort of new products, new technologies we should be looking at. And how we can be able to apply those new technologies and new products to markets that are focused on industrial lighting. Mm-hmm. And industrial lighting are things like warehouse lighting, cold storage, ambient storage, warehousing, manufacturing floors, places like that. So this is different from the commercial lighting, which is in office buildings or in residential lighting, which you would have in in your house or retail lighting you would see in a store. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... Industrial lighting is actually a very large market that uh, has not really had a lot of focus recently. Um, it's traditionally lit with uh, HID sources or high-intensity discharge sources, the, the uh, yellow lights that you often see or the, the white lights that you would see at stadiums or in gymnasiums. Um, not really sexy lighting, architectural lighting, but, but just lighting that is there, brutal, there for providing light to see what you're doing, to be mm-hmm. able to move pallets around. Mm-hmm. Um, and it turns out that they consume a tremendous amount of power. And if you spend a little bit of time thinking about the limitations of the current technologies that are used in those applications and how LEDs have been evolving over the years and the efficiencies have been improving tremendously, and adding a little bit of additional intelligence to them to be able to control the LEDs, you're able to go into these spaces and and save upwards of 90% of the energy that would be going towards lighting uh, while providing all of the light that they need. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so this is a tremendous energy savings for these facilities that uh, are operating on fairly low margins today. And so if you can go in and show uh, someone that they're saving uh, 90% of the energy that they are using today, um, that's a pretty big impact on the bottom line. In addition, these facilities are consuming a lot of power. And so, for example, a facility that's around 500,000 square feet or so, it saves the equivalent energy for two to 300 homes uh, to be able to add those new homes to the grid. So it's a pretty big energy mm-hmm. savings by just going and converting a single site, let alone thinking about all the sites that you have throughout the United States or throughout the world. Mm-hmm. Now, when you're going and it, it, when you say 90%, that is quite a bit of savings. So when you walk into a, you know, to a potential customer and say that, what is their response? I mean, do they, do they jump on is that it can't be that well, tough the, of a sale. Yeah, they're often very skeptical because okay. that's a huge uh, reduction in energy. And, and so they're, 
They want to say, well, prove it to me. Right. Show me how you get to those savings. And the way we get there is that traditionally they're using what's known as a 400-watt metal halide source, um, which is, again, like one of those big gymnasium lights that you'll see. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're able to reduce that from a 400-watt source down to about a 160-watt LED source that's producing the same amount of light on the floor or on the rack. So there is a fairly big reduction in energy consumption right there. The mm-hmm. second place that we get energy reduction, and it's a comparable amount of energy reduction, is the fact that the most efficient form of lighting is lighting that's not on. So when you can turn lights off or you can dim lights, you're able to save additional power. And so we have built into every single light uh, onboard sensing that can see when there's occupancy, but then there's also a little computer that's running on each light that's responding to that occupancy of information that the sensor is seeing, and then based on some rules that the user can, can put on the light, it can decide whether it should turn the light on, turn the light off, or, or dim it somewhere in between. And that coupled to the fact that LEDs you're able to turn on and off very rapidly you're able to set the timeouts or the amount of time that the light is on uh, after it sees uh, someone leave a space to be very short. Mm -hmm. And the advantage of doing that is that you can turn the light off 30 seconds after someone walks out of a room uh, and still maintain the the lifetime of the product and and the lighting effects that people need for that space. Mm -hmm. So, So... LEDs are, are a big savings, and then coupling that to intelligence gives you another uh, another large savings. So ta- let's talk about the actual lighting itself, because mm-hmm. some of the some of the um, criticisms of CFLs, for instance, have been this, that they're so harsh, and that it's it's a light that does that people don't really take to and haven't taken to. What is describe to us what what an LED light, what kind of light it gives off? Sure. Is it a warm light? Is sure. It- I think a lot of people think of LEDs are these. Christmas lights that they see that have been showing up recently when you drive around and you see this cold, harsh, bluish white coming out. Um, And the reason for that is the way you make a white LED is you start with a blue LED. Hmm. And on top of the blue LED, you then put a phosphor, so something that will fluoresce. And the blue light coming out of the LED fluoresces the phosphor, and you combine the blue light with this yellowish yellowish phosphor that you put on the LED, and and those combine together to make white light. Hmm. Until recently, the phosphors have only been uh, for producing rather cool colors, so the the bluish whites that you see on on these Christmas lights. Recently, there have been some advancements in making white, or excuse me, red phosphors, that when you combine the red phosphor with this yellowish cool phosphor and the blue light, you're able to make very warm color temperature uh, products. So warm color temperature like an incandescent light bulb. Uh, And so LEDs are getting to be more efficient and also getting to be uh, warmer in color temperature. And as a result, I think people are starting to accept these applications more and more than compared to the compact fluorescence uh, because the quality of the light which is another measure of, of how good a light source is, mm-hmm. is also improving. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've all had the case where we're trying to find a navy blue sock, <laughs> and we have a navy blue sock and we have a black sock, and under some light you can't tell the difference, and other other light sources you can tell the difference. Right, right. Uh, and so that's sort of a measure of how good is the light. Mm-hmm. And so this then begs the question of cost. So. Mm-hmm. That's going to be something if someone walks into, let's say, Home Depot or Walmart or 
wherever have you, you small mom and pop store, whatever, that if they're going to buy LED, cost is an issue. How is that? How is that evolving? Initial cost is definitely an issue, and LEDs are because they're relatively new light sources for illumination. Um, they are still expensive, and so the initial cost is much higher than compared to the 100-year-old technologies of incandescent or mm-hmm. um, fluorescence or what have you. Um, they have been coming down tremendously over the years. Uh, the previous company that, that I was part of was Color Kinetics, which was acquired by Philips. When we started that company in '96, we were spending about $10 for an LED. That same LED today you can buy for about a penny or so. Um, so there's been a tremendous reduction in, in the cost of LEDs, and the performance of LEDs have also seen a tremendous increase in performance. And so, yes, they're, they're expensive, but they're getting cheaper and cheaper. And one of the things that we work very hard on is trying to find applications and products that, that fit those applications where you can have a payback, meaning um, after so many years, I'm saving more money, than I spent on it. And mm-hmm. So we try to find paybacks that are two years or less. So after two years, the system has paid for itself and it's putting money in your pocket. Um, it does mean the initial cost is more, and so you have to amortize the cost of that over that two-year period. Right. Um, but a lot of these industrial customers are able to see that after 18 months, two years, I'm able to be saving money. I've paid for the system, and for the next five, ten years, I'm making money making on this money, whole. right. And two right. years really isn't that, I mean, that's that's something I can probably think most people would, would be in, you know, they wouldn't yeah. think that that's so far out that the company would, you know, be, you know, not around, or, you know, when you say something like ten years or fifteen years, people just balk, but two years is really, that's we all right. know how fast two years goes by. That's so. right. We, we, we think two years is sort of the, the, the threshold that... Um, is when you're under that, um, people will go after these applications. Now, I should also mention there are a lot of utilities that are offering rebates that will help buy down that cost even more, the initial cost, to bring in your payback to be as short as sometimes nine months okay. to, uh, to a year and a half. And so that helps as well. Um, wow. So how are you how are you reaching these customers? I mean, you're, you're one company. LEDs are obviously you've got you mentioned that you worked for Color Kinetics and they were um, and they were owned by or bought by Philips. Is that that's correct? Yeah. And obviously Philips and GE are huge and companies like that. But how, where does Digital Lumens fit in the space? I guess is my my question in terms of the how it's you know, I know that you're focusing on industrial, but how, where where are you fitting in? There's got to be a lot of people trying to get in this space. There, there are. I mean, LEDs uh, are definitely a hot new technology that, that a lot of companies are trying to figure out how to use and how to go after markets with them. Most of the, <clears throat> excuse me, most of the folks to date have really been focusing on architectural lighting, retail lighting, uh, commercial office lighting, and so forth. Uh, so that's where Philips and GE and right. Cree and others are focusing on. Um, there haven't been, hasn't been as much focus on industrial lighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we've been able to, to create a nice little market for ourselves where we're able to create these products that, that do have good payback, uh, that do have uh, very good performance in these spaces. And then the additional uh, differentiator for us is, is really adding in the intelligence and the control so mm-hmm. that you can uh, have additional functionality. You can turn the lights on when you need them or you, if there's a 
an energy reduction, a demand response event coming in where a utility can basically tell a company, I need you to save us some power, um, our control systems can take that and be able to dim the lights down mm-hmm. uh, to be able to save save some power. Mm-hmm. I mean, these these warehouses, I assume they're huge warehouses. They are. That's, that's correct. I mean, so the, the example I gave uh, of this 500,000 square foot facility, which is one that we've uh, did a little over a year and a half ago, um, that one alone saves about 1.7 megawatt hours of electricity. Now, it's hard to think about what does that really mean, but that's equivalent to two to 300 homes. And that's just mm-hmm. one facility, and there are thousands of these facilities throughout the U.S. And it's just running, the, it's doing the same thing. You're running the lights just as if you were... That's right. You're providing, <laughs> you're providing the light that, uh, that they need for the application. In some cases, it's actually better quality light because LEDs sure. are directional in the way they project the light, and so you're able to better illuminate the, the shelving that they're putting the products on or the floor. Um, in a lot of cases, we've actually seen the, the companies that we go and we do trials or we do retrofits in where they're actually able to get more light uh, than what they had before and still have this significant energy saving wow. uh, because the light is, is much more directed exactly where you need it as opposed to just spreading it all over. Mm-hmm. There's a picture in one of your press pieces. I noticed the, the before and after picture, and I thought that it did look much more pointed towards the product, that it, that, that there was more light hitting the 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 um, shelves. Right. And so, and so that's, that's a big benefit from the pickers to be able to just see exactly what they're trying to do and it's safer and, and, and all of that. Mm-hmm. And are you getting good feedback from, from people who have installed? We have. We've been getting very positive responses from folks because uh, they're having higher quality light. It's, a, yeah. it's easier to read things. I mean, as we talked about the, the quality of, of a navy blue sock and a black sock mm-hmm. and being able to tell the difference mm-hmm. under some of the the older uh, industrial light sources, you can't even read some of the labels because of the quality of the light is so low. Mm-hmm. Whereas with the LED sources, the quality of the light has improved so much and it's also brighter, uh, people are able to see much, much better in these mm-hmm. facilities. Mm-hmm. It has been wonderful to have you on the show. I've got many questions, so we'll have to get you back on. Um, many more questions, of course. I always have so many questions, but um, it's a wonderful company, and I'm happy that, that we got to talk more about it. And the future of LEDs is obviously very rich and huge, and uh, you guys are in the forefront of it, so I'm, I feel honored to be able to talk to you about what you're doing. Well, thank you very much for your time today and, and letting us tell our story. Great. Thanks, Fritz. Thank you. The proceeding has been Nature of Business with Chrissy Coughlin in association with GreenBiz.com.